My sister went to university in Scotland and became a schoolteacher. Of my dozen cousins, we were the only ones to go to university, and of course none of the previous generation had the chance to do so. Leslie's two grandchildren live in the United States. My daughter is a partner in a successful firm of financial planners in Chicago, and my son is a partner in a successful hedge fund in New York. Both received a rich and varied education at Princeton University, vastly superior in its depth, range of opportunities, and quality of teaching to my own dry and narrow experience as an undergraduate in Cambridge. Both of them have a standard of living beyond anything that Leslie could have imagined, though he lived long enough to see a good deal of it and to be pleased by it. His great-grandchildren live in a world of wealth and opportunity that would have been a far-fetched fantasy in the Yorkshire coalfield. My father's escape from Thurcroft is an example of what this book is about. He was not born into abject poverty, though it would seem so by today's standards but he ended his life in comparative affluence. I do not have numbers for the Yorkshire mining villages, but for every thousand children born in England in 1918, more than a hundred did not live to see their fifth birthday, and the risks would likely have been higher in Thurcroft. Today, children in sub-Saharan Africa are more likely to survive to age five than were English children born in 1918. Leslie and his parents survived the great influenza pandemic of 1918 to 1919, though his father died young, killed by a runaway wagon in the pit. My mother's father died young too, from an infection following an appendectomy. Yet Leslie, in spite of his youthful encounter with tuberculosis, the captain of death, lived into his ninetieth year. His great-grandchildren have a good chance of making it to one hundred. Living standards are vastly higher today than a century ago, and more people escape death in childhood and live long enough to experience that prosperity. Almost a century after my father was born, only five out of a thousand British children don't make it through the first five years, and even if the figure is a little higher in what is left of the Yorkshire coalfield, the Thurcroft pit closed in 1991, it is only a tiny fraction of what it was in 1918. The chance to be educated, so difficult for my father, is taken for granted. Even in my cohort, fewer than one in ten British kids went to college, while today the majority has some form of tertiary education. My father's escape, and the future he built for his children and grandchildren, is not an unusual story, yet it is far from universal. Very few of Leslie's cohort in Thurcroft ever obtained a professional qualification. My mother's sisters did not do so, nor did their spouses. Her brother and his family migrated to Australia in the 1960s when their ability to cobble together a bare living from multiple jobs collapsed, with the closure of the railway line through the Scottish borders. My children are financially successful and secure, but they, and we, are extraordinarily fortunate. The children of many well-educated and financially successful people are struggling to do as well as their parents did. For many of our friends, the future of their children and the education of their grandchildren is a constant source of worry. This is the other side of the story. Even though my father and his family were living longer 
and prospering in a population that was living longer and prospering on average. Not everyone was as motivated or dedicated as my father, nor was everyone as lucky. No one worked harder than my father, but his luck was important too. The luck not to be among those who died as children. The luck to be rescued from the pit by the war. The luck not to be on the wrong commando raid. The luck not to die from tuberculosis. And the luck to get a job in an easy labor market. Escapes leave people behind, and luck favors some and not others. It makes opportunities, but not everyone is equally equipped or determined to seize them. So the tale of progress is also the tale of inequality. This is especially true today, when the tide of prosperity in the United States is the opposite of equally spread. A few are doing incredible.